I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right. We're going to welcome back to the podcast today, Patrick Kelly. Patrick is the founder of ChangePoint Consulting, a company that works with teams and organizations to define and align their culture to build culture strategies for growth. Patrick presents keynotes and workshops as well as ongoing consulting work to help organizations solve problems around their people operations in an ever-changing world. Welcome back. Thank you. I know it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. I don't read well out loud. So we're going to ask you a different first question. Cool. What is your pet peeve? Oh, what is my pet peeve? Um, I got a lot, but I will say... <laughs> Give me the top one. <laughs> um, I think it's people who are late. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'm just always on, or I try, I mean, like I'm diligent, I'm on time, I plan Mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just learned from a young age, either my dad or somebody Mm -hmm. like, you know, being on time shows that you respect other people's time. Mm -hmm. And I've always just stuck to that. And so I'm always a couple minutes early, if not like Mm -hmm. right on time and Mm -hmm. being late is not okay. Like I'm a planner, a personality, like, okay, here, it's going to take 17 minutes to get here. Okay. So we got to leave at this time. And, um, I just get real frustrated with, um, people who are late and. Um, I just like to describe myself as a time optimist. So I think I can do a lot more before I actually have to leave than I do, mm-hmm. than I actually have. Yeah. Um, it's something I've been working on, but I'm always like that five to 10 minutes. Like I might be that early or I might be that late. And then yep. people are like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you're fine. Totally fine. Yeah. Because I just, I always think I have more time than I do. Yeah. To get someplace. And I'm the other pl- other side where uh-huh. I plan more time than I actually need. I'm like, I'd rather have 10 minutes where I'm like, cool, I got everything yeah. done and I can just sit for 10 right. minutes before I got to go. But it creates, like, it's like creating my own fire. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do that. And so, like, creating my own fire is like having to get there as fast as I can, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, and I'm like, why do I and do this? And then somebody's this? going the speed limit in front of you. Like, you're like, get out of the way! Like, why do I do this to myself? How dare you be in my way while I'm late? <laughs> like, what do I do this to myself? But it's just one of those like malfunctions in my brain, where it's just like I feel like I have more time than I do. Yeah. But then, but and then I'll also like end up being like having to go across town some for something. Yeah. And I'll be like, it'll take me 30 minutes, and then Waze is like, that'll be 45, yeah. and I'm like, uh, traffic. Yeah. Good old Denver. I know. I was driving yesterday, and I was like. Really, it took me 30 minutes to go seven miles. Yikes. Yeah, this town's becoming a little difficult to get around. I, I like, I you know, growing up here, it's fun to see how much it's changed yeah. and grown. Yeah, and, and the like, people and people, the, the stuff and the food the, and the, yeah. Yeah, but then there's the traffic where you sit on 25 for way too long and you're like, oh, I hate everybody. And like every Texas plate or California yeah. plate, you're like, mm. <laughs> That's why I do problem. Zoom call. That's why we do a lot of Zoom calls. Yeah. It's really to the point where I'm just like, especially with other business owners, mm-hmm. I'm like, don't come to me. Yeah. That's a waste of your time. Yep. And if I come to you, mm-hmm. it's like four hours yeah. round trip. Yeah. Versus you could be here. Yeah. Turn on the computer. Yeah. We could do our half you hour, get, hour. I usually have, have extra time too. Yeah. Like I build in extra time. So mm-hmm. like if we need more than an hour, we can do that. Yeah. Technology. You can go do your life and I can go do my life. Yeah. Yeah, and and the other best part too, like especially if I do a bunch of uh, 
uh, calls, which one of my mm-hmm. clients would do, like, you don't have to get fully dressed. Like, that's right? the best part. Like, I put pants on a optional. nice shirt, but like sweatpants on the bottom. It's great. I was like, it's pants. I always say, it's pants optional. Yeah. Just don't stand up. Yeah, exactly. From, <laughs> from here up. Yeah. It's so crazy. I know. I have people that be like, I'm coming, I'll come to you. And I'm like, just hop on the computer with me. Yeah. Like, we can still see each other. We can yeah. still make faces at each other. Mm-hmm. You know. It still feels personal. It still feels personal. Yeah. You don't get a hug. Yeah. But I'll get you next time. Yeah. And I think it makes it more concise, too, because you kind of get into it a little bit quicker. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, when you're done, you're at home. You don't have to, to go. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to drive back anywhere. I know. It's so yeah. funny. I was a good friend of mine lives in Atlanta. And she's like, literally the only reason I can live here is because I work from home. She's like, otherwise, if I had to drive around, like, and she also homeschools. She's like, so I don't even have to leave for school. Man. And I was like, ooh, like, school's literally seven minutes away. But it's a whole thing. Yeah. To have to get in your car and do the thing and deal with the traffic and whatever. But I do listen to a lot of podcasts in the car, so. Me too. That doesn't bother me. It helps. It helps. Yeah. I get to catch up, usually. Yeah. Yeah. So give us the cliff notes on your professional journey for those of us who hasn't, for anybody who hasn't listened to the last podcast, yeah. we'll link it in the description. So just cool. give us your. Yeah. So my journey, um, really not, not too long. I mean, as far as number of places. So came out of college, did a year of volunteer work in New York, um, moved to Harlem, just wow. the crazy experience and living kind of in poverty in, mm-hmm. in Harlem. And, um, I say it's like a, you know, a white kid growing up in right around here suburban whiteville yep uh was a little bit of a culture shock Mm -hmm. uh that was 2008 to 2009 so really good time to find jobs a lot of opportunities out there Mm -hmm. um so i I planned on staying in new york couldn't find a job literally couldn't find anything Mm because there was just nothing so came back here moved home and um, started working at remax headquarters down in the tech center and spent about almost seven years there doing um, all kinds of things. They're a franchising organization, organization, so working with all of our franchise owners, the business owners all around the world, started on the international team and mm-hmm. got to travel all around and That's help cool. open up offices and then um, had all of Northern California and just helping all of those business owners grow and use the Remax tools and that led into ChangePoint, which was really um, spurred out of Remax of seeing these offices that had the same brand and tools and resources. Mm-hmm. Um, one would grow and be killing it. One would be failing and like trying to figure out what the difference is. And I saw too often that it was culture, it was environment, it was strategy and all of those pieces. So I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting and became a student of that and really interested in realizing that a lot of organizations are struggling in this time of change oh, that, yes. um, that people are putting way more weight on the intangible things of of a job versus mm-hmm. the tangible, mm-hmm. and um, it's a, it's a shift. And so, started Change Point to really help organizations kind of create strategy and alignment. And what do we need to do to build a culture and an environment that attracts great people, that mm-hmm. keeps great people, that motivates, that gets everybody aligned, and makes your business better? Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you know, it's the knowledge economy now, yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah, um, I've been re- I've been listening to your podcast. Um, by some of the fo- most forward thinkers on like value pricing and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting how they talk about, you know, what do people want, you know, mm-hmm. and what are people providing? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it's just, this is the knowledge economy. We all know so much and we have access to anything we don't know. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. YouTube's like the greatest thing in the world. I mean, for literally anything. I mean, something breaks <laughs> around your house, right. you know, something's weird in your car. There is a video out there for that, right? And right. same thing, I think, with, with work. I mean, the, you need to learn some kind of tool. You need mm-hmm. to do something. There are tutorials. There are things out there that 
yeah, you could learn literally anything in the world. Yeah. It's at your fingertips. It's interesting when like, somebody on my team will be like, well, I don't know how to use this thing. And I'll be like, did you Google it? Yeah. Or did you check the website or go to the, you know, because especially if it's an app, they have tutorials all over the place. Yeah. They, like on purpose. Yeah. Like I was like, if you can't figure it out, let me know. Yeah. But like go to your resources or what are your resources? Yeah. I'm building a, a Squarespace website right now and I have like no background <laughs> in anything like that. But obviously they make it great, but they have like a full library mm -hmm. that you just plug in like, how do I do this? And there's a video and you're like, oh, okay. I, I love got Squarespace. It. Yeah. I love great. Squarespace for that because it's, and it's very similar. So if you've used Canva, uh -uh. so I've used, a, I've done a lot of Canva. I learned, I taught myself how to do Canva okay. because I make things collateral and all yeah. that on my own. And so I hopped into Squarespace and I was like, oh, it's like Canva. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> templated, like, easy. Yeah, and like you just move stuff around and like yeah. it lines up and you know, there's some coding necessary, but, and I have people for that, but yeah, I don't need you to. You can do 90% by yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's talk about your process and helping an organization change its culture. So you guys mm -hmm. have your 360, what's it called? Your 360. Analysis. Analysis, there we mm -hmm. go. So what does that entail and how, you know, what are you guys looking for? Yeah, so. Yeah, the, the, the first step, and kind of talked about this last time but a little bit, but the, the biggest avenue for change, and I would say any kind of change, mm -hmm. um, and I think why change fails in general, mm -hmm. is you don't have clear starting point or end goal. Right. Um, it's the Google Maps, right? Like mm -hmm. Google Maps only works if you have a start and an end destination. You know where you're going. Yeah, you can't just be like, take, you know, if you don't know, it, you don't know. And I think that um, the reason why change doesn't work is there's not honest conversations up front about what's really happening or mm -hmm. what the reality is. Um, and then there's not a really clear direction of where you want to go. Once you do that, then you can kind of do that. So we always start with an analysis and figure out and, and get input from everybody mm -hmm. of what are people saying? Because it's one thing to talk to the leaders and they can say, oh yeah, we're great here and everything. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's, there's different levels of awareness mm -hmm. that you dig down and realize <laughs> um, that there's a little bit more there. Um, <laughs> I would say kind of in that role, like my job's half therapist because mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of people and it's amazing how quick people will open up and be honest with a third party that they would never tell their boss or their manager or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, that just shows some of the culture issues that we have is uh, people aren't comfortable being honest at work. And it's not like all the things that they're saying are ultra negative mm -hmm. or bad or that they're mm -hmm. like super like pessimistic about things, but they just don't feel comfortable enough to actually share what they think mm -hmm. and so they keep it inside they'll share it with their spouse mm -hmm. um, or friends or a couple close co-workers that they know that they can talk about at lunch or you know during happy hour but they kind of keep it inside and that's kind of the root problem of where all these issues come from and again it's, I wouldn't say it's not necessarily the leader's fault because mm -hmm. they don't know what they don't know mm -hmm. but how do you get that information out and so that's always our first one is is doing a 360 kind of looking within the organization saying okay what are really the gaps what are people thinking what are they struggling with mm -hmm. and where are we at today because once we know that then we can move forward and yeah, like 90 percent of the time you give that information to the to the leaders and they're like i never knew this i didn't realize people were thinking this or mm -hmm. that this was an issue or mm -hmm. um i didn't know they had a problem with that and mm -hmm. it, a lot of them actually they can just solve pretty quickly like okay yeah we can change this but again they don't know what they don't know so we got to at least start with that and then start creating that end vision as well of where we're going it's interesting because that stuff festers oh yeah 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 it builds and it's uh the analogy i always give it's like um 
like when your spouse gets mad at you because like the spoons in the sink it's not really about the spoon it's like the eight things that have kind of led up to that right it's just that's the catalyst where you're like ah Um, (laughs) it's like the straw yeah yeah i mean nobody when they quit it's not an impulse decision Mm -hmm. and it's a built-up thing that festers that usually starts with things that if they were addressed in the moment that they could have an honest conversation with their manager their boss or whoever Mm -hmm. and address those would feel much better and go, okay, all right, I feel better. But it's the little things that slowly add up over time. And I think when you're looking at culture change, too many organizations are looking for like the the big thing, like the big hit that we were talking mm-hmm. about this last time, like what like one day offsite do we need to do? And mm-hmm. that'll like realign everything. And that just doesn't work. It would, what culture is an intentionality about doing all the small things mm-hmm. all the time. Right. I think, um, I think people just think that they're going to say, this is our culture now, and then it's going to change. No. <laughs> nope. Nope, doesn't work. Nope. Um, and I think that's true for, you know, when we leave anything, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime we leave, like, a volunteer position or we leave, you know, a networking group, which I, which I just did a couple weeks ago, it's just stuff that accumulate, accumulates into this isn't the right fit for me and it's yep. not worth my time anymore. Yep. Or, you know, the change I'm, the change I want to see here is not happening. Yeah. You know, even if you have communicated it or, you know, I'm not one of those people that's quiet about those things generally, if I care enough about the organization, but if they're not going to do anything to change it, I'll probably leave eventually because, you know, it's not working the way it should. Yeah. And I think, you know, the goal for any organization is not zero turnover because zero turnover means nobody gets promoted and nobody's right. moving. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about this. Nobody's moving term. or growing. Yeah. Um, but you want to identify the people that you want to keep. And it's a rhetorical question I always ask, you know, leaders or organizations mm-hmm. or whenever I give a talk, like, do you want to create an environment that frustrates your good people or your bad people? Right. And of course, everybody's like, yeah, bad. But it's amazing that we create the structures and systems within an organization that um, actually are built for our low-end employees, like an HR handbooks, right? Right. I know you need them, there's legal things and all that, but nobody reads an HR handbook and is like, oh man, I cannot wait to work here. <laughs> Look at all these ways that I can get fired and all these things I can't do and all the rules I have to follow. <laughs> this is so great, right? Um, and again, I know that there's that need, but mm-hmm. it's because you have this idea that we have to set the bar because we have to make sure that employees follow this thing. Mm-hmm. But anybody that operates above that is gonna get frustrated because they're like, I don't need to be treated like a child. I'm not yeah. gonna do that. I'm a grown person. Yeah. I did a great job of, you know, getting myself here every day. Yep. Yeah. So, so I would say like a culture should be inspiring and, and, um, almost guilt people to be up here mm-hmm. and act up here, mm-hmm. not set the bar down here and set the rules and make it, you know, kind of like a prison style environment where you have so many rules. Yeah. That's interesting. You have me thinking of some of that. So I volunteered, um, in the kids ministry in a church for mm-hmm. a really long time and the bar is like the lowest volunteer who never shows up yeah. kind of a situation. And I'm just like, but we could do this and you could be doing this and we could be doing this and we could, you know, and they're just like, sorry, and I'm like, you're not even paying me. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take my advice <laughs> and go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. Like we're, we're in a tough environment. It's not like, um, it's an employee market. It's mm-hmm. not an employer market, mm-hmm. but still like if, if somebody is dragging you down, mm-hmm. then you have to get rid of it. I was talking with a friend recently that there was one employee that was a salesperson who was a high performer mm-hmm. that was bringing in a lot of revenue, mm-hmm. but was just a awful. Just a dick. Yeah, like <laughs> terrible and negative and just brought mm-hmm. down. And they were really struggling to let that person go. And as soon as they did, they're like literally that next Monday, mm-hmm. 
it felt so different and so good in the office. Right. And everybody was happier yeah. and better. And Yeah. I worked, um, I worked in an organization or helped in an organization where um, the person who ran um, the center, she had been there for decades. And, like, literally when she left, it was like the black storm cloud, like, lifted. Like, you would walk back to where those de- – where the – like, it was <laughs> – like the energy was so different yeah. that she was gone. And like, I think she always had everything closed down because it was literally like it was dark and then it was light. Yeah. And I walked in like after she had left and I was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like I could feel it. Yeah. Like it was palpable. Yeah. The change. And they had cleared out all like, sh- like they cleared out all the crap and like they just, you know, it was so interesting. Yeah. You get some people that have been just doing it their way for yeah, a long time. And everybody and just like, everybody had a different energy level. Yeah. And I was like, that is so interesting. And I've walked into organizations before where they've like changed up how they do their culture and things like that. And you can feel the mm-hmm. difference. Like I was, and I was, this was another organization where they switched up how they did everything. And they're more team based and they're, it's amazing. Yeah. And literally six months later, I walked in the door. And I told her, I said, I can feel the change on the energy with like even just your friend desk people. Mm-hmm. Like they're happier, like it's just lighter. Yeah. It's just so interesting yeah. how that works. It is the biggest influence of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just, it, it influences every, we talked about this last time, but like it, you come home and it affects every facet of your life. Absolutely how does. you sleep, how you eat, how you engage with others, mm-hmm. how social you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a thing that I always struggle with and I, and I still butt into with some leaders today, especially mm-hmm. some of the old school leaders, mm-hmm. um, the, the boomers of the generation. Um, <laughs> okay, boomers. Yeah. 10-4 yeah. dinosaur. Uh, wait, I, I want to come back to okay, okay boomers because I have a couple, but um, is this, well, this is how we've kind of always done it. And I've heard this a number of times of, yeah, I get what you're saying around culture, but I got like two or three years left and then, you know, I'm out and I just, and. Can you imagine parenting like that? <laughs> like th- they get to 16, they're really like starting to fall apart, but like it's, they're two years away. I only got two I don't, more. I'm out. Um, but I've been playing a lot or trying to, to the ego. Cause mm-hmm. I think if you're a business leader, if you're a CEO or, mm-hmm. or founder, like there's, there's an ego component to that, which you need. I think mm-hmm. you need that healthy, healthy confidence. Yeah. Um, but I always ask them like, okay, so do you, when you retire, mm-hmm. do you want people to celebrate what you've done or that they're celebrating that you're leaving? Mm-hmm. Because it'll be one of the two ways. Go. So I was just reading about this Bob, Bob, Bob's Red Mill oh, package yeah. stuff. Did you read about that? I didn't read about it. I saw so, it on CBS Sunday Morning, though, um, like a little thing on it. Go. If anybody's reading, if anybody's listening to this and they haven't read about it yet, he's retiring. Mm-hmm. He's retiring. He's not actually retiring. He's not leaving. Yeah. But he's handing over everything to, to the company, to, to, to his employees, employees, right? So he's doing what's called an employee stock. Um, it's an ESOP, employee stock option, whatever. So he's handing over the entire company to all any employee that's been there for more than three years. That's awesome. Yeah. He's like, I'm not leaving. He's like, I'm still the boss. Yeah. He's like, but. But they, he's all, he's like 92. He knows like, yeah. okay, I don't got and every, 15 years And left. everybody who's worked there is like, this is awesome. Yeah. But also we're not that surprised. Yeah. Because this is how he's always been. Yeah. And there's people that have been there for like 30 years that are like, yep still gonna work here until they die basically they want to work there until they die yeah they don't want to just retire yeah create a great place that people want i mean i think at the root of that is 
when you show that you care about your people mm -hmm. and you have their backs, mm -hmm. people will have your backs. It's yeah, it's really thing. interesting. <laughs> My husband just changed jobs. Um, nice. And I think we talked some about like the work environment he was in, mm -hmm. and he's in a different work environment now. And I got home kind of later last night, and I'm driving, I'm pulling up, and he's standing here dancing in the window for me. And I'm like, <laughs> who are you? Because the What's place I was on? working before was just so dark. Yeah. Like he literally worked in a cave. And an, an energy a suck? It was a just... massive energy suck. Yeah. And he now like understands why I kept thinking like, you have to get out of there. Mm -hmm. Like it's affecting all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. Um, and he's like, everybody at my new job is just really happy. <laughs> he's like, and he was talking to somebody um, they had just acquired another division. I don't even know. He works for a really big company, but they had just acquired another division. And he was, they had a whole conference thing. And he was talking to some of the new people that had just been acquired. And they're like, this is weird. Everybody's really happy. Did you notice that everybody's really doing? happy? They were like, can, like, what are they covering up? What are they <laughs> about like how different the culture is? Yeah. I mean, Everybody really, really likes to be there. You don't know what you don't know, right? right. And I think and that's so why people it. hang around. Yeah. Um, there's a like, quote from a book that I really like that I always think about is, um, like, yeah, I know I'm in hell, but at least I know the street signs. <laughs> um, that you just kind of, it changes uncomfortable. And even though you, mm -hmm. it's it's maybe not right, you... It's the devil you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes time. I've, I've seen that so many times when mm -hmm. people get out. It's like a bad relationship, right? Like mm -hmm. people stay in some unhealthy relationships way too long. Mm -hmm. And even though you know it's not right, then it takes time once they get out to be like, oh my gosh, why did I even, mm -hmm. why did I leave sooner? And I think that's the same with bad cultures is you yeah. kind of stay in it and then you got to decompress and get out and you realize like, oh, I'm never going back to something like yeah. that again. Well, and I think, you know, the way that, and I, so we're just going to completely go off. <laughs> Like, I feel like, and I was just writing about this other day, or there was some tweet or something, but somebody was saying, like, people are trapped in these in these work environments because of the benefits, because of health insurance, because of, you know, the pay or whatever, because we have created this economy where, yeah, there's jobs, mm -hmm. but we're all really, I mean, we could all be, like, an accident or a medical issue this close to, to bankruptcy, yep. right? And so it's very interesting, like, even when my husband was looking for different jobs and stuff, he's like, well, what if I will work contract? I'm like, well, we don't have an extra 40 grand a year for health insurance, because that's what it would cost mm -hmm. us, our family of four. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be real interesting, and, like, not to dive into politics, but, like, if, you know, the idea of universal health care, mm -hmm. I look at it from a culture business perspective. Yeah. What if we're not trapped? Yeah. <laughs> What if, again, as a contractor, then that's not a worry? Like, I, I think yeah. about even entrepreneurs. I think it'll open up the gates for people being entrepreneurs because there are those worries of, I really have this idea or mm -hmm. want to try this, but yeah, health insurance and right. oh, this and oh, that. What if that doesn't become a worry? What if that doesn't become a big dangle that a company can throw out there? They're going to have to get even more creative or more involved in culture to keep people around yeah. because that it'll be a baseline thing. I mean, Again, not for or against, and to, to dive into that rabbit hole. Really but it's, I think from a social—it's interesting from a social economy. Yeah, knowledge who's, who's going to take that leap to start a business? Who? What is that? What barrier, if that is lower, is going to open up people to try new things and to invest in themselves? I think that would be pretty interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if there's any data on that in other countries. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Canada has a really high amount of like small business owners. Yeah. Because if you know you have that covered and you don't have to pay 40 or 50 grand out of pocket or right. different things like that, I mean, that's... I mean, I can grow a business because my husband has health insurance because he works for a big company. Yeah. Like, 
literally there and was if no that wasn't the case then that wouldn't be possible it wouldn't have been yep no it wouldn't have been possible yeah and it wouldn't continue to be possible right yeah like if this business hadn't flown in like two years i would be back in corporate america yeah hating my life <laughs> being yeah. and not doing this which yeah. is really fun yep i'm gonna skip some here <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about above market pay uh -huh. and why that's not enough yeah, um, pay is your minimum buy-in. Mm -hmm. Like literally, I think as an organization, now you gotta, you have to pay enough, and you have to pay market. I mean, pay is still obviously a motivator for just the things we were talking about. Yeah, you still have to live. I mean, you live, live around um, Denver here and mm -hmm. see what some of the rent prices are or home prices mm -hmm. are. You gotta be able to afford it. Right. Um, but it's amazing how you get used to the pay that you're at, and mm -hmm. it doesn't become that great anymore. Right. Um, I remember the first bonus I got at Reem, or not bonus, like mm -hmm. big pay bump when I got mm -hmm. a promotion. And I thought I was just making like so much money, again, like a 22, like yeah. I got a 20% raise. And I was wow. like, kill it. No, but actually when I've looked back, it was, I was getting paid below market and they kind of actually raised me to where I should mm -hmm. be. Um, but it still felt like an mm -hmm. incredible amount. And I was really excited. But within six months, you get used to making that amount of money. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of are seeking more, seeking more. It doesn't become that get glitz and glamour anymore. And so I think pay is important, but it's it's the minimum thing you can do. You mm -hmm. have to create a deeper environment. You have to create the intangibles mm -hmm. of a culture that are really going to make people happy. Yeah. Um, because pays pay, and anybody can match that. There was an interesting thread in one of my, and the reason I ask you that is there was an interesting thread in one of my forums and somebody was like, you know, what do you do for your people who bring in clients? And somebody was like, well, if they want to work, they're going to have to bring in clients. And we're like, but is that their job? And they're like, well, we pay them above market. And I was like, but is that enough? And what is above market? Yeah. Um, and then I actually saw a speaker not too long ago talking about like how he grew his business like crazy in a year. And then he threw in that he pays his people here in Denver 50 grand. And I was like, that's not a livable wage. Yeah. And you completely lost me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think above wage salespeople, everybody's kind of differently motivated. For yeah. some people are yeah. pure money motivated, yeah. right? That's a lot of like those I've hardcore salespeople. People. I've worked with people who are purely money, money motivated. Dollars. Those are the people you bonus. Yeah. Like you're bonusing them on Put them in sales. Whatever. Give them the target. Right. You can make as much as Absolutely. you want. They're like, cool. Great. Yep, There's my I'm avenue. Yeah. Um, but that's not everybody. And again, I think that that's creating an intentional culture of knowing we all operate differently. Mm -hmm. We all have different motivators. How do we figure out everybody's motivator mm -hmm. and give it to them, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we kind of touched on this last time, but mm -hmm. if somebody is, you know, really wants to spend time with their kids, how do you give them more opportunities to do mm -hmm. that? Um, if somebody loves PTO, how do you give them more? Whatever it is that people are strongly motivated mm -hmm. with, which by the way will change yeah. uh, every so often. So yeah. uh, my wife and I were going to have our first kid in July, <sighs> which is very exciting. I didn't know. Yeah. So, but what? Uh, we want and what how we spend our time mm -hmm. now will be drastically different in six months. <laughs> yeah, um, but like neither is going to be right or wrong. But yeah. it's just going to be at the different phases of our life, things change, and I think yeah. employees go through that. Where yeah, in your twenties you want to go travel and yeah. you want to hang out with your friends mm -hmm. and you're going to the bars on Friday night. Like mm -hmm. uh, I went, I just felt real old this weekend. I'm like I'm turning 34 next month. But um, there's a concert my buddy invited me to, and the show didn't start till 9:30. Oh my god, and I'd I was be like. Asleep. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like the opener starts at 930. I was like, oh, man. And I just thought like, man, like eight years ago, we didn't even leave the house until 10 or 1030. And then, but you know, that's different points in life where I'm yeah. like, I just really don't want to be out 
played anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not right or wrong. We're just, you yeah. change, you grow, and different things become a priority. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Like, I don't go out after dark anymore. Like, rarely <laughs> do I do that. And then if people have their kids out, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, or why aren't they in bed? Like, yeah. I'm very confused yeah. about how this stuff works. What is this happening? Yeah. So, my husband, so we're going to go back to my husband's mm-hmm. company because it's very interesting. So, he, he was just telling me that there's somebody in his organization who either she just had a kid or her parents are aging or something, but mm-hmm. she needs to work from home. Yeah. So, the company totally works with her and they moved her position so she could work from home three yeah. days a week. I'm sure that that was the greatest thing, and she is going to stay in that job as long as she right. possibly can. You know, people don't leave. This yeah. company has the lowest turnover of some, uh, you know, some of the others. Or yeah. Like, and I was like, but what? In what generations? That was my question. In mm-hmm. what generations do they have the lowest amount of turnover, mm-hmm. or is that just overall, or whatever? But I understand now. Like, and he understands now. Like, oh, like this is how we treat people. Like, mm-hmm. if we love them or you know, if they're great employees or whatever, then we work with them on what they need, Yeah, you know? Or we like, she, I think she just made a lateral move to a place where she can do stuff from home. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, sure, we'll totally work with you on that. Yeah, I mean, if you got great people, don't let them go, figure right? out a way. <laughs> and then it's probably with her, you create, you give some of those, you show that you care. Mm-hmm. She's gonna work so hard, I bet, and be yeah. so loyal for yeah. so long because it's like, okay, the company has my back. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I don't wanna do a bad job because I don't wanna let them down. Well, yeah. Or yeah. like, you know, they're willing to, they understand who I am, yeah. right? Or they understand what I need and they're happy to help figure that out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, we all, we all want to work for those companies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not an unattainable thing. It's it not. requires intentionality. Mm-hmm. It does. That's, that's, you got to be willing to do the work mm-hmm. and you got to be willing to put it in. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, it's not unattainable. And I think that that's the biggest rub that I see right now with a lot of organizations is, um, it, it kind of so when I started Remax, um, I was my role was working with franchisees, but I also did social media. Mm-hmm. That was kind of put on top of it, not because I was a social media person. It was because I was 24, yeah, and they're like, like, it was 2009, and they're like, like, you know, you know how to do kids it. Kids these days, so the people are saying this is important. Just do it. Um, now, you know, most companies have entire teams around digital marketing mm-hmm. and Facebook and social mm-hmm. media. That if you would have told most organizations 10 years ago that you're going to spend millions of dollars on digital marketing, Facebook, you're gonna have an entire team for Twitter, and mm-hmm. so you would have gotten laughed out of the room. Right. And I think that we're kind of there right now with culture where mm-hmm. people are talking about it, and they're like, yeah, that's what these kids want these days. What is culture? Same thing like 2009, like, what is social media type of thing? <laughs> um, what is the book of business? And I think most organizations in the next 10 years, if they're not getting on board now, will have a chief culture officer, somebody that mm-hmm. they will take a more diligent time. But we're still in that phase where it's like, yeah, culture is this word, and everybody talks about it, and it means different things. But like, yeah, we do a happy hour on Fridays once a month in the summer. We got a culture. Yeah, <laughs> people don't want a happy hours. So I no. can promise you that. I always like I have to hang out with you people for longer. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to skip ahead. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, this is a really great question, um, actually, Emily. That. I told you Emily mm-hmm. had some questions for you, so yeah. we're going to do Emily's question now. Um, so she wanted to know what is needed to create a culture that welcomes critical dissent. Yeah, like from employees. Yeah, from employees. It requires a couple different things. One, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it all starts with leadership, right? And they have to uh, not only say that they welcome it, mm-hmm. but they have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They have to share their own flaws or their own issues mm-hmm. and then they have to 
when they take that information or create environments that, mm -hmm. that happens and it's it's slow and i think we mentioned last time like mm -hmm. you can't go from a culture where nobody's allowed to speak up mm -hmm. and then just in a meeting say like okay we want to hear back from everybody no one's actually going to say anything mm -hmm. um i actually heard a ceo do that once who was trying to get more at an all company he's like i left 10 minutes at the end of our all company and said hey i want your honest feedback you know stand up and tell me what we need to do to do better i was like He's like, nobody raised their hand, so I don't think that there's any issues that we have. <laughs> like, you've had a culture for 10 years where nobody, nobody say could say anything. And you think that then, then in an all-company meeting that somebody's going to get up and be like, yeah, cool, so uh, I hate it here, and uh, <laughs> here's why. Um, so, so I think you have to ingrain that, make that a pillar of your culture. You have mm -hmm. to reward mm -hmm. critical feedback, mm -hmm. which sounds weird, but show it off and mm -hmm. exemplify it mm -hmm. and talk about it. Um, started with individual conversations. I mean, I think we mentioned this last time is once a month, meet with your people, if not every week, mm -hmm. if you really want to get going mm -hmm. and saying, what honest feedback do you have? Mm -hmm. And for two months, you won't hear anything. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, they're going to realize you're serious about it. And if you have the actions that are there, mm -hmm. um, they'll start telling you. But mm -hmm. it, it, it all, if you're going to have critical feedback, it all requires leadership and managers to be on the same level mm -hmm. and to get away from the natural instinct, which is defensive yeah. or punishing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just did this in our, our organization, but we're doing weekly meetings now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, we, we created a Trello board and I'm trying to lead mm -hmm. on the Trello board. So it's like, what's going well? You know, what do you, opportunities do you see for any changes? You know, what do you need help with? And mm -hmm. then like, what's your top, the top three priorities? And now we're doing weekly meetings and it's every single week we're doing that thing and I'm trying to lead with like, I have something for every single board or like, you know, I'm on there helping or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, because I want people to give us feedback. What is working? What's yeah. not working? Because we just changed a bunch of stuff with our technology too. And so a lot of it's like, this is not, this isn't working. And I'm like, great, what do you think the solution is? Mm -hmm. Or do you have, you know, suggestions for solutions or whatever? Because I know I don't have everything figured out. And I think that's the thing too, is like, if you're a leader that's just like, I don't have everything figured mm -hmm. out or like we're all in this together, then people feel a little more comfortable, I think. Yeah. I mean, you got to make sure that you're on the same team. And mm -hmm. I think that that goes back to critical conversations is sometimes you have to have tough. It's like a family, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have those tough dialogues. But the more you realize that it's us versus everybody else, yeah. not us versus each other. Right. Um, it's it's really the only way to grow is to get critical feedback. And we talked about this last time because mm -hmm. everybody, everybody within the organization, big or small, your team mm -hmm. has a different perspective of things. Right. Because some are remote, some are in other places, some yeah. have different roles, some are working on this. Everybody see things differently. Yeah. And it can't be right or wrong. It's got to be, oh, okay, so here's what we're all seeing. What does that mean? What do we need to do? How do mm -hmm. we get better? Yeah. But it, 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 it requires that vulnerability and um, – honesty with leadership that they're actually do they I, my first question would be do leaders actually want honest feedback <laughs> right because again some people are like yeah yeah we totally want your feedback mm -hmm. but it can be tough and i get it because it, it's hard to hear critical feedback of yourself and sometimes mm -hmm. it's difficult but it's the only way you can grow yeah i think i think you hit it on the head before it's like it's the ego yeah like do you really have everything figured out mm -hmm. and if you are honest about not people are they tend to be better at like like, yeah, can we do this? <laughs> How about yeah. that? And it's amazing too, like going back to kind of my process when we do mm -hmm. that 360, which is getting very honest feedback. Mm -hmm. um, obviously some of it's some hard to take for some of the leaders, but again, a lot of the thing or feedbacks of 
people wish they could change or do differently. Yeah. The leader's like, oh yeah, we can, we, of course we can do that. I didn't know that that was an issue or I didn't know that they wanted that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Why didn't I know about this? Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you build those lines of communication that small little tweaks go a long way? It's the same kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier of, of what makes somebody really hate a place or, or grow to hate a place mm -hmm. is a bunch of small things that add up over time. Yeah. Um, um, so, okay, I'm going to do two more questions. Cool. So, how should management handle bad customers or clients uh, to enforce their desired culture? Mm, I like that question. So, the idea being if you have a really strong intentional culture and you have a, a customer that does not align to that, mm -hmm. that is where um, you as a company need to decide how important your culture is mm -hmm. and put your money where your mouth is. Yeah and either fire the customer or lose trust with your employees. Yeah. Because if you're going to go down the rabbit or if you're going to go down the hole of saying, hey, culture is important, this this is who we are, and you're 100% on that, and mm -hmm. you have somebody that doesn't like just the same way of a bad employee, right? Mm -hmm. the, the salesperson who doesn't align, right. are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Right. Um, so I think that the way you deal with that first is, um, if, you, if, if it's a new customer, if you have the opportunity, be very clear right off the start mm -hmm. with them, with the client of here's our expectation. Same thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to provide, but we see each other as, mm -hmm. as valued partners, and we are going to respect you just as much as we hope that you respect us, and here's how we work, and here's how we operate. Mm -hmm. um, so I think setting that standard. But if you're not there yet, I think it's communicating and talking about what those issues are. Mm -hmm. And then, again, being willing to walk away, which is hard, right? It's hard to turn down revenue. It's hard to... Mm -hmm. uh, say no to a customer or a client but mm -hmm. i think i think in the long run it'll make you a better organization because you send an employee or a message to all your employees mm -hmm. is i have your back more than i have right. you are more back. important than yep. whatever money this client is Correct. bringing in which might not be transparent but also it doesn't matter yeah right yeah um i just think it's very interesting because especially small businesses, we deal with the bad clients because we're trying to make a mortgage yep. a lot of the time. Yeah. You don't really um, get to be picky and choosy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually had one I fired and he came back, he came back and asked me if we could do some stuff. And I literally was like, you have to give us what we ask for. You have to stop asking questions about it. Like we're asking for what we need. Like mm -hmm. you're not, you can't treat us the way you were treating us, which is pretty much the reason I fired you. Yep. Nothing to do with the money and had to do with how he treated us and how he didn't value us. And he was kind of rude and whatever. And I was like, we are done. Yeah. And I was like, so if you're going to come back, this is my boundary. Mm -hmm. You know, you must respect us. You must give us what we ask for. You know, stop questioning us. Like, trust us to handle it. Uh -huh. um, and he was like, oh. Like, I don't think he really realized why I had fired him in the first place. And he's like, oh, I just want to apologize. And I was like, totally fine. But if we're going to work with you again, this is this is, has to be what it is. This is what it has to be. Yeah, you actually end up coming back, which is totally fine. But I just was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah, it creates more headaches for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's more issues. It creates problems within your team. People mm -hmm. get frustrated. Mm -hmm. It just, it's not worth it. It's not. It's hard it's, because again, it it's hard. it's money, and you're like, Ugh, yeah, we kind of need that. But um, I, I think again, it goes to being an authentic culture and an intentional culture mm -hmm. is. Um, it's being willing to do the things that are right but are hard to do. Yeah. Make those tough choices. And I think the more that organizations lean into that, mm -hmm. it hurts in the short term. Yeah. But it's beneficial in the long run. I think it's the same reason that a lot of organizations, public organizations struggle. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but mm -hmm. when you have a, 
a, a quarterly metric you have to hit mm-hmm. and you have to do your earnings, sometimes it's really hard to think long term. And so you tend to make quarterly based decisions that look good, but could have ramifications down the line mm-hmm. that you're not building for. I think that's why I have a lot of respect for, um, I know they get a lot of heat, but like Bezos or some mm-hmm. of those, um, you know, he's publicly said, I'm not worried about each quarter results. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to build a, an organization for a hundred years. Well, they had year over year, year over year losses. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking four or five years down the road of like, mm-hmm. here's where I want to go. And I know that we're going to have to have some bumps to get there, but I think that that's really strong versus, okay, we are, we are looking quarterly. Um, so what do you have coming down the pipe? Um, what, uh, what's in the works? Tell us about your new project. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were saying, uh, why, why have one company when you can have two? <laughs> why have one thing when you could be yeah. a CPA and a birth jeweler and yeah. have podcasting? <laughs> yeah, it's just so much fun. Yeah. Um, awesome. So uh, still growing change point and doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of good clients this year. This year's already starting off incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had this idea for a couple of years that's mm-hmm. been marinating uh, in the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I've, I've been thinking about it for a couple of years, a couple of false starts here and there, but finally put your money where your mouth is, where, mm-hmm. you know, ideas are useless unless you actually do something about it. So um, <laughs> starting a company called Herd mm-hmm. and what uh, it'll be it. for. Yeah, uh, it's kind of, a, I really like it. Finally, I like it. I like the name. Finding a company name is hard, but it then is. when you hit it, I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Um, so it'll be for wedding planners and then brides and grooms mm-hmm. where you can take your guest list, you can collect people's phone numbers either through the RSVP process or when you get their addresses, you upload it into the system and then you can pre-schedule text messages to go out throughout your wedding week. Because uh, I've talked to plenty of brides before mm-hmm. and after. Um, everybody has a wedding website and they put all their details and they spend so much time and, and the bride and the groom, they're like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna have any issues or problems. People aren't gonna get lost or, I, we, it's all on the website. Nobody remembers the details. Everybody, and every couple that I talk to afterwards are like, oh, so annoying. You know, I'm trying to get ready. I'm putting on my dress and people are texting me like, what time's the ceremony? <laughs> Where is it? And you're like, Because they're kidding. the only ones. I know. Um, so, yeah, so you can schedule text messages six, eight weeks in advance. You can create different groups, family and mm-hmm. rehearsal dinner and bridesmaids, mm-hmm. groomsmen that you can send the messages on throughout your wedding week that just keeps them informed with all your details. And so you don't have to worry about communication or people getting lost and all those things so like that. Nice. So nice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Okay. So before I ask my last question, mm-hmm. uh, where's the easiest way for people to find you? Yeah, uh, changepointconsulting.com mm-hmm. for um, all calls related, and it'll be stayheard. Stayheard, I like it. .com for all wedding related issues. I'm so excited. Um, I'm excited or LinkedIn. to see it. Yeah, connect on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people. Yeah, LinkedIn's the best. It is. Um, so, what is your favorite research resource to help a business um, owner start changing their culture today? Favorite resource? A book or a podcast or something you. Yeah. Um, I think would endorse. I would endorse anything by Pat Lencioni. Mm-hmm. Um, the Advantage, Five Dysfunctions of a Team um, are just, I think, great. And he gives a lot of really simple guides mm. that are just simple things you can start building into meetings, conversations, mm-hmm. common vocabulary to start that. doing that. Um, I think he's one of the best that's out there. I mean, there's a lot of great people out there, but he... Uh, He's just awesome. He just boils it down. Uh, yeah, and he's got unbelievable tools and resources. I think that that's a great place to start. And I think just um, being open up and, and thinking about this more, mm-hmm. 
maybe you're not fully committed yet. Mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of people there that aren't ready to fully dive in because culture is a little messy thing. It's mm -hmm. kind of pulling out skeletons or being willing to address some of those <laughs> like skeletons. It's like going to therapy. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you're just not there yet. Uh -huh. But I think having some informal conversations, reading some like mm -hmm. Pat Lance, anything by Pat Lance on around culture, I think mm -hmm. is, is strongly important to just start thinking where are we at and really where do we want to be? And, mm -hmm. and I think the reality is not every organization is going to have a great culture. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's okay. Maybe you just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. I, I think the more that you can just decide who you want to be and own it, mm -hmm. the better it is, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. But don't pretend to be something you're not. Uh, yeah. I think just being open to like being like paying attention mm -hmm. to what's going on in your organization. Yeah. You know, what's falling apart, whatever. And then why is yeah. it doing that? And figure out if you are getting honest feedback or how you can actually get honest feedback. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's it's not the fault of most business owners, but you don't know what you don't know. And if nobody's actually telling you what is really going on, mm -hmm. it, it's hard to make decisions. So so yeah. step number one is start figuring out what that honest feedback is and then decide mm -hmm. what you want to do from there. Uh, yeah, and be willing to actually move on that feedback. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of organizations that are like, yeah, we'll give you, you know, we'll, we want that feedback and then they do nothing with it. Zero. Yeah, that's if you're gonna if you're gonna do that feedback, you have to circle back. Even if the answer is, we're not gonna do that. Mm -hmm. Give a reason why. Right. If you even just circle back on any of those things, it mm -hmm. at least allows people. I says to people, I heard you, I listened to you, but here's the reason why we can't do that yet. You know, budget or whatever it mm -hmm. is. Um, but I think the more you just leave it to chance, then people go, Why did I even give feedback? That um, next opportunity that comes up, I'll just keep my mouth shut because you're not gonna move last on time. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the worst is if they're like, we want feedback and nothing ever gets moved on. Yeah. So decide if you're taking the feedback or you're not taking the feedback. Yeah. Or Especially f for your type A's like me. Yeah. Like, if you ask for my feedback, I'm going to give you some pretty good stuff. Yeah. And if you don't move on any of it, I'm not going to want to hang out anymore. Yeah. Or make sure that the action is addressing the real issue mm -hmm. and not like, hey, we heard from everybody that there's no trust in the organization and our culture is terrible. Mm -hmm. So on Friday, you can wear shorts. Or <laughs> <laughs> none of our volunteers ever show up. So what we're going to do is the volunteers that do show up and bring somebody with them, we're going to give them more swag. Uh, that's not addressing. That's not, that doesn't actually hmm. change the whole like nobody yeah. showing up thing. Yeah. You're just asking us to bring people in <laughs> instead of you doing the work to yeah, actually exactly. get people to show up. And then I was just like, that's when I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I'm good here. <laughs> Man. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been great again. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.